Welcome back to Moving Right Along, a Muppet Movie Podcast, brought to you by ToughPigs.com. This is the podcast where we watch the Muppet Movie two minutes at a time and talk about it a lot. I'm your host, Ryan Rowe. And I'm your other host, Anthony Strand. And joining us today is our guest. Uh, Yeah, I'm Josh Spiegel. I'm the co-host of Masterpiece Cinema. And I'm so happy to be here to talk about a great movie. We're happy to have you. Yeah, thank you. I feel like there's probably a lot of overlap between hardcore Disney fans and hardcore Muppet fans. So, well, I would imagine I, so. Yeah, I actually went on Josh's podcast to talk about the Great Muppet Caper a few years ago. So there you go. So yeah, and today yeah. we are talking about the Muppet Movie. We are looking at minutes twenty nine and thirty, in which uh, Scooter is a man with the van at the very beginning, and then. Um, the Electric Mayhem decides to help out Kermit and Fozzie by disguising their car so they won't be wreck. <laughs> yes. And that leads us into a song, but that'll be next time. No song talk this week. Exactly. Sorry, so sorry that, everyone. You'll have to wait till next next week for that. Um, so yeah, Scooter is the man with the contacts. Nope, he's the man with the van, which this is one of those things I never really thought about. But I guess that means Scooter owns the Electric Mayhem bus that we see in this movie. Yeah, I guess that's the van, huh? And which which also raises the question, is it his uncle's van? Is it is it JP Gross's van, right? Right, that's interesting too because he does not mention his uncle in this movie. Whereas in his earliest appearances on the Muppet show, that's all he talks about is the fact that his uncle owns the theater. Right. See, and I'm stuck on the part where Scooter is a man, and that just doesn't seem right. Scooter doesn't <laughs> seem like a man to me. I know it's a phrase. I know it's an expression right. still. Scooter, <laughs> Scooter is a, a very young young boy, is what you're saying. He's, <laughs> he's 15 years boy. old or whatever. He's yeah. a little boy who wants to be a big boy, basically. Right, for sure. But well, he's the boy why... with the van doesn't rhyme. That's no. true, yeah. And that's why, um, even though Scooter does feel kind of shoehorned in here, as, as we discussed last week, that... There really should be like an introduction for Scooter, like Rolf gets or Fozzie gets or Gonzo. Um, he's just kind of like stuck into this electric mayhem scene. I do think it feels kind of appropriate that he's just like the guy people are only friends with because he can get them something like <laughs> transportation in this case. You think that feels appropriate for Scooter? Sure. I mean, that's kinda like, you know, on the Muppet show, too, in the early days, especially, like you said, he's just like some annoying twerp who's hanging around. Yeah. Yeah. Who- says, you know, go do stuff for me. And he's like, well, actually, I want to do a song and dance number with a dog instead of doing my job or whatever. Right, so, and that's what my uncle wants. Right. So I think it works for him to just be like, well, everyone, I got the van. I'll be your friend now. And they're just like, okay, fine. Yeah. Where, where are the keys? He was just important enough to get his own very brief introduction in the movie, but not important enough to, for it to be more than a very brief introduction. Right. And of course, I know we're not. Are we allowed to acknowledge the other minutes of the movie yet? Can I even allude? Yeah, to them? that's fine. Sure, <laughs> sure. Uh, arguably, Scooter has a lot less to do outside of this one scene. Really, I, if I remember correctly, he's obviously in the rest of the movie. But like, Gonzo gets his own song. Miss Figgy gets her own song. Scooter, they, they, like the Doctor Doctor Teeth and the Mayhem, they get their own song. Scooter gets the van. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess yeah. he he must be in the the whole Muppet group scenes, but he's, yeah, he doesn't really do anything else. Right. Well, and Scooter is one of those characters who 
because he had such a defined function on the show where he was the gopher, he was kind of the stage manager. After the show, like in, in every other context, he's they never really quite knew what to do with him outside of like being in the theater. That's true, yeah. So like I know I know my wife didn't grow up watching the Muppet show. She only saw the movies until she was an adult, and she never thought of Scooter as a major character. He was he was just like one of those random Muppets that you saw. I would agree with that. I, I watched like like compilation videos of the Muppet Show when I was a kid because they would put those out. But otherwise, I just watched the movies. So Scooter was kind of like just there. Yeah, yeah. I also noticed that um, he's painting the balcony during his introduction, um, and that kind of I guess <laughs> goes with uh, your theory, Anthony, about him just being around because he can do things for people because the band is just hanging out jamming and then scooter has to paint the balcony right well someone has to they bought it from the people who were looking for harry krishna yeah apparently (laughs) Um, yeah yeah, and so as they explain to kermit and fozzy they are taking the old church and turning it into a coffee house uh janice says there's going to be great music and organic refreshments which I, I feel like that's kind of a, a late 70s thing where just talking about organic food was a punchline. Well, okay, but does does Janice say organic refreshments specifically so that it might mean marijuana? Oh. You that, know, that's how I've always felt, is that I, that could be a weed joke, right? Yeah, that had not occurred to me, but it probably should have. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Dr. Teeth and the whole band can be a weed joke sometimes yeah. well, if you exactly. think about it. Right, and I feel like this is one of those where it's like, sure, why not? If you want it to be, it is. So there are quotation marks around the words organic refreshments. Yeah. Um, also, about the t- turning the church into a coffee house, that, like, maybe it's just that I wasn't alive in the late 70s, but that feels so ahead of its time to me. Like, that feels like something you would have seen in the New York Times lifestyle section in, like, 2002 or something, Right. This this old church is a is a hot coffee house now. Yeah, yeah, that's true. There's a church somewhere in Manhattan now that it used to be a church and now it's it's some kind of club. So yeah, it does it does feel more more like a '90s thing or a 2000s thing. Yeah, Jim Henson was ahead of his time. Yeah, always <laughs> in in many ways. Uh, so, so then, oh yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I didn't know if we were going to jump to the super meta part of this two-minute stretch, because that's something I noticed way more this time, how mind-blowing it must have been to watch this the first time around, and the ability of them breaking the fourth wall by pulling out the screenplay. <laughs> well, yes. Before we, get to the, before we get to the screenplay, can I say one more thing about the coffee house? Sure. I love that at the end of the day, Dr. Teeth's low-key hippie lifestyle is still all about making money, right? It's <laughs> it's going to be so fine and laid back and mellow and profitable. Like that's that's where he ends that line. Right. It's not just that, you know, it's not just going to be peace and love. It's going to be peace and love and money for Dr. Teeth. <laughs> yes. Which I love that he, has, that he has layers to him, right? <laughs> yep. but, <laughs> yeah, well, you know, he sang a song about money on The Muppet Show, right? Money, money, money. Right, yeah. True. So it is in character <laughs> for Dr. Teeth. Sure. Uh, but yeah, so then there's they uh, they ask how Kermit and Fozzie got there, and then uh, Fozzie's about to launch into the whole story. Kermit says he'll bore the audience, and uh, oh, Fozzie apologizes directly to us, which I love. Mm-hmm. He looks right at the camera, and <laughs> yeah. then 
So Kermit says, let him read the screenplay. I guess I never really thought about where Fozzie got the screenplay from, but he just kind of pulls it up from below the frame, which is brilliant. Right. I love that. I love that so much that he just, sure, here it is on the floor. <laughs> right. He doesn't have it, and then he does have it. Mm-hmm. You know, Fozzie needed to check the script a lot. He kept forgetting his lines. He's one of those kinds of actors, you know. <laughs> yeah, Which actually make a lot of sense. <laughs> and I, I, my, my favorite part about that is how we get to hear Jim Henson as Dr. Teeth, as Fozzie with the, they don't look like Presbyterians to me, that weird little gag. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah, anytime you well, have something like that is, like, yeah. So Jim Henson as Dr. Teeth as Fozzie. Yeah, that's yes. pretty great. Right. Well, and I, I mentioned when Fozzie said they don't look like Presbyterians to me, I mentioned that every time I see a Presbyterian church, I say that out loud, almost always. <laughs> and most of the time I'm doing a Dr. Teeth imitation, not a Fozzie imitation. Oh. Right? Because yeah. for whatever reason, this I think it's just because it's weirder, like you say. It's coming out of Fozzie's mouth, but it's Dr. Teeth. This is the one that sticks in my mind. Yeah, it's a, and it's actually it's really interesting because it's a joke based on a joke that we just heard two minutes ago. Right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, wow. and fascinating. As you might know, Ryan, uh, Josh, I don't know if you know that there was a um, VHS release in the UK in 1987, mm-hmm. which had some deleted scenes incorporated into the movie, and one of the things was Doctor Teeth recounts more of the uh-huh. movie while talking about the screenplay. And I'm not sure what all it was. I know it included Big Bird. Like he mentioned oh. they come upon a yellow canary or something like that. Huh. <laughs> I did not know that. That's, that's but, fascinating. <laughs> oh, but yeah, boy. and it's, as far as I know, those those scenes have never, like they're, they're not on YouTube. I couldn't find them, you know. That's surprising. Yeah, very. Well, whoever's out there who has the VHS needs to upload those to YouTube, yes. clearly. Yes, yeah, and send us the link immediately. I'd love to see them. Um, another thing is when Fozzie is, starts to explain the movie before he pulls out the screenplay, I always really liked that he says a fisherman comes upon Kermit. Like, not a Hollywood agent. Right. You know, it's, and... it's just, a fi- which means that Fozzie is going to do it so detailed <laughs> that, like, first he has to say it's a fisherman, then do the reveal that it's an agent. Which right? actually, Anthony, you and I had, had questioned um however many weeks ago what exactly was bernie doing bernie the agent doing in the swamp <laughs> and there's the answer right there fozzy tells us he's a fisherman he's a fisherman yeah An agent and a fisherman i mean he is wearing like a fly fishing hat right when we see him but yes. he doesn't talk yeah. about fishing I, I think it's also funny then thinking about that point that dr teeth goes way faster over the story because it's like exterior there's a frog on a banjo, then an agent comes along, then Doc Hopper comes on strong. It's like, that's like 15 minutes into the movie. You're just yeah. jumping straight right. through. Yeah, You're Doc not even Hopper. going to the scene transition. Doc Hopper comes on strong and kind of covers a large swath of the movie. Right. Yeah. Although, also such a great description of everything Doc Hopper has done so far. Just oh, bo- yeah. boil it down to Doc Hopper comes on strong. Yeah. Yep. Um, this, this whole gag feels a little like Mel Brooks to me. Uh, I know after this he did the thing where uh they watch in in space balls they watch the movie that they're in on video <laughs> and then yes. i i'm pretty sure there's a gag in robin hood men in tights where they actually read the script of the movie that they're in but i can't think if he did it in any movies that came out before the muppet movie 
Uh, I want to say there's something in Blazing Saddles, isn't there? I feel well, they like go see Blazing Saddles at the end. There, there you go. Oh, there's okay. that. So yes. That's very similar. Yeah, yeah that is. <laughs> yes. Forgot about that somehow. Well, and of course, there's so many so many people in Mel Brooks movies outside of Mel Brooks himself who are also is in this film. But, you know, Madeline, you know, Madeline Kahn and Dom DeLuise and yeah, I'm trying to like there, there's other people from his stable of actors in this film. So that mentality is clearly very, very keenly felt. Clor- uh, Cloris yeah. Leachman is the other big one. Yes. Cloris they, Leachman. Sure. Yeah. 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 It's all that same kind of comedy family. Right. Another thing is we were when we were talking a minute ago about Fozzie pulling the screenplay out of nowhere. Ryan, I don't know, don't recall if you've mentioned on the show, but we've discussed um, David Zucker's Rules of Comedy, which he published in the L.A. Times in 1992. David right. Zucker of, of Zucker Abram Zucker fame. Um, one of those rules was that didn't happen. And he says, um, for example, it. Robert Stack in Airplane yells to Lloyd Bridges, he can't land, they're on instruments. And of course we cut to the cockpit and four of the actors are playing musical instruments. <laughs> Seconds later in the next scene, the saxophone and clarinets have disappeared. If it's done right, no one in the audience will ask where the instruments went. And I think that's exactly the theory at work here with the script, right? It's such a good joke that Fozzie pulls out the screenplay that we do not care where he got it from. Right, and then yeah. I guess... As soon as they finish reading the screenplay, we're off to the next thing, which is the musical number, and we, you know, that they don't give us time to really think about it too much, right? Yeah, especially since there's no way that Kermit and Fozzie could sleep through that entire song. It's so loud. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? yeah. Although I do, speaking of Kermit and Fozzie being asleep, I love, I love the joke that not only are they asleep by the time Doctor Teeth finishes the screenplay or gets caught up, Zoot is also asleep. Yeah, and then after, when when Dr. Teeth finishes and they're all laughing, Zoot just, like, suddenly wakes up and laughs along with them. As if, like, oh, yeah, yeah, I heard that. I was was with you the whole time. I'm laughing, too. Right. Yeah. Uh, And so then we have uh, Floyd has a a very Floyd line, which is, Cosmic Man, he got to keep his little froggy self away from this hopper dude. To which right. Dr. Teeth replies, too true, too true. It is indeed a problem for us to probosculate upon. It is a fantastic word, and it's not a real word. But I'm sure I thought it was when I was watching this as a kid. Well, it's a, per- it's a perfectly cromulent word, Ryan. Yes, yes. yes it, it embiggened my vocabulary. Sure. Um, but yeah, although you're right, the Dr. Teeth line is great. But I love that Floyd line, too. I love that he says, cosmic, man. Yeah. And um, again, just you, the way, like you just said it, but the way that he emphasizes the second syllable of a way is so, oh, like we, we talked before about how Floyd might be the most Jerry Nelson-esque character. And it's stuff like that where I feel like it's just Jerry's actual personality flowing through Floyd onto the screen. I was it thinking just, that exact thing when he says Cosmic Man, that because you yeah. had mentioned that earlier about Floyd being the most Jerry Nelson-like. And yeah, that just, based on what we know about Jerry Nelson, that just feels like him. Right. It just makes me so happy. One thing I will say, moving ahead a few seconds, mm-hmm. I love how there's another engagement in the fourth wall breaking, which is, what are we going to do? Well, if it were the movies, which, which it is, is. <laughs> which it is yeah. we'd think of a clever plot device. It's like, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. The only other thing I had about... Um, probosculate 
Uh, if you Google that word, it actually does show up now on a few questionable dictionary websites. Like it is in Urban Dictionary. Sure. There's a, there's sure. a website a website called um, Definithing, and a website called AZ Dictionary. So, I guess if this keeps up someday, probosculate may be considered a legitimate word. We just need to promote it. Get it in Merriam-Webster. Word of the year, probosculate. We can yeah. do it. Yeah, let's start sure. using it. Use it on Twitter once a day. <laughs> Hashtag probosculate. <laughs> Perfect. Um, so at the end, after they come, they come up with their clever plot twist, the last thing we hear here, and like Ryan mentioned at the start, is that the line gets cut off, but Scooter says, like, disguising their car so they won't be recognized. And that is, to me, the definitive scooter fist. When he says, so they won't be recognized. You mean that, like, not the, just a, a great uh, <laughs> a great example of Richard Hunt performing the scooter fist, but just, like, when you think of the scooter fist, that's what you think of? That's what I think of. Yeah, and for, for listeners who don't know what the scooter fist is, yes. <laughs> scooter, scooter had this habit of all the time, he'd kind of, like, pull his arm away from his body and then cheerfully move it in front of his chest. Anytime he wanted to like accentuate a statement, he did. Scooter, Scooter, as played by Richard Hunt, did this all the time for emphasis. He does, yeah, he does it here in these minutes, and um, when, yeah, when I imagine him doing it, um, this is what I always think of. So they won't be recognized. Yeah, which may have something to do with the fact that you've probably seen this more than you've seen any movie, <laughs> any uh, episode of the Muppet Show. Where right, he does it true. Although, although I should point out, my my wife Rosalind would want me to point out that on the old My Muppets Show mobile game, her username was in fact Scooter Fist. So, oh, wow. I'm actually kind of surprised uh, no one else had taken that already. Yeah. <laughs> well, that actually brings us uh, to the end of these minutes. Any other comments on anything we've seen here? Not for me. Um, during the scene where Dr. Teeth is reading the screenplay. One thing I forgot to mention is I love that pan up to the stained glass window and then dissolving back to Kermit and Fozzie in the doorway. Like we've talked, we talked when the first time we see that shot of Kermit and Fozzie, we talked about how lovely it is, how well framed it is, but there's just something about going up to that stained glass window, reemphasizing that we're in a church and then flashing back to that, to that great shot. I don't ah, man. Mm -hmm. There's so, so many things in this movie that are so much prettier than they need to be. It and really, that's an example. It really does help, uh, you know, sort of indicate that, that time is passing. Right. That we, we go up to the stained glass window and then it goes out of focus. It's great. I love yeah. it. Then if there is nothing else, we can close out for today. Listeners, thank you for joining us. Uh, please check out toughpigs.com on the internet, Facebook, Twitter, and everywhere else. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at me, Ryan Rowe. You can find Anthony at Zeppo Marxist. And Josh, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, people can find me on Twitter at Mousterpiece. Uh, Mousterpiece Cinema is on iTunes and everywhere else you can find a podcast. It's all about Disney movies. Anthony has been on multiple times. You should listen to those episodes and the other ones as well. Cosine. Seek out the Anthony ones uh, first and then listen to all the rest of them. There you go. Perfect. Uh, all right. And uh, everyone, if you're so inclined, please give us a positive review on iTunes. If you're not inclined, then don't give us a review at all. And tell all your friends about the show. And please join us again next week for another episode of Movie.
moving right along. Goodbye. Bye.